this speaker has been recorded at an online meeting of Addictive Eaters Anonymous. You can email us at contact at aeainfo.org. Hi everybody, my name is Patricia and I am an addictive eater. Um, it's lovely to be here this evening. Um, it's really difficult to know where to start. Um, but I, I always hear my sponsor's voice and she would say to me and has said to me before, don't prepare, trust God and share from your heart. It sounds so easy. <laughs> um, yeah, today there has been a lot of incessant thinking, rehearsing, planning, and it was all going on and it's really, really exhausting. But it was interspersed today with moments where I became aware of my thinking. And I know today that I am not my thinking today. And I can just sometimes get moments out from that incessant train of thought just to watch my thinking and know that it's not me. Um, just before I came on, and you know, it's just beautiful today to be sober, to be sober, to be well, all is well. And I had a really, really lovely day. You know, I had a beautiful day and um, I've just not long come in from a walk. I live in the countryside and, um, you know, I came in for from a lovely, beautiful walk. Um, it's lovely and warm and balmy over here at the moment. And I had a few minutes to spare. So, you know, I'm on a program of action and uh, spiritual actions. And I decided instead of logging on way too early and just getting filled with more fear and more fear, just to lie on my bed and look out the window. And that is just such a beautiful thing to do and just to focus on my breathing. And, uh, you know, I am so blessed where I live. You know, I love looking at the sky. I love the clouds. And there's this beautiful tree that I can see from my bedroom um, on top of a hill. And it's just so tall and so majestic. And all the rest of me was completely at peace and calm and quiet. And I was still aware of that thinking just going round and round and round and it is okay. And I know as time goes on, and if I manage to stay sober a day at a time, that it gets better. And that has been my experience. Um, I believe that I was born um, an addictive eater. I was born an addict. Um, and from the off, you know, I, I was that troubled little child and I do have memories back to when I was very, very young. And uh, I guess I was a, a child that was just out of place, you know. And um, as I got progressed into addiction and into the food, you know, I got to a stage where I was completely divorced from reality and I was treated for a psychosis. There was no more reality in, in my life. And it was just all fantasy and fairy tales and make-believe. But 
what was very concerning to the professionals was that I was starting to carry out all these fantasies. Um, you know, and I ate at the end of my eating, I was eating and it affected me like alcohol or drugs did. And I would eat to blackout, you know, and I had very, very little memories. But when I come to my meetings and I listen, you know, and sometimes that bothers me because I'm thinking, well, how can I share my experience, strength and hope when I can't remember? You know, I have very, very scanty memories. And I hear people share and it just, it's disclosed to me. It tells us in that reading on page 164, A Vision for You, that more will be disclosed. And recently I heard a member and they're here tonight and they shared about their um, childhood and that their experience was as if they were an alien that had come from another galaxy or planet and was plumped onto planet Earth. And that's how they described, you know, their, their childhood. And I just got that. I thought that was me. I was in this world and I just did not belong and I just did not fit in as much as I tried. And as one of those children that um, I was a, just a whirlwind, a noise. I shouted and screamed, you know, and there was always drama. I was always seeking attention. I was just shot through with fear, I guess, you know, and that followed me through all of my life. And what helped me live in this world was when I got out of my head and that discomfort, that irritability, you know, discomfort and pain. And, you know, so my first substance, I think, was food. Um, I, I have very little memories of actual how food manifested in me, but I know that I was a child who was always wanting who never fitted in, who, um, yeah, was just always distressed, always sad, always out of place, found it difficult with relationships, you know, from the very start. Um, yeah, and um, even when I went to school, it was the same. I had that incessant thinking, so it was very difficult for me to, to focus and to study in school, but I got through it somehow or other you know, and I got to do some training and I got a job. But um, substances were always a way of escaping for me. And even, you know, when I was shy and awkward, if I, when I was smoking, I was smoking from a young age and that kind of gave me the ability to speak. And so I could talk to the boys and then I found alcohol. Um, and that was wonderful, you know, um, that completely got me away from self. Um, and from the first drink, you know, it was blackout drinking. Um, and the food was always, always there. I can remember stealing money. And at that stage, you know, I was about seven years of age, um, climbing up on the presses to reach um, into a press where my mother's purse was to take money, knowing that I was doing the wrong thing, but doing it anyway. And then going up to the shop to, to buy sweets or whatever. Um, getting caught out for doing it, getting punished for doing it, and doing it again. It's just compelled to do it, you know. Um, so, yeah, as I went on through life, you know, it was just an awful lot of substances, an awful lot of behaviours, 
you know um when i look back now i always had the obsession that if i was just looked the way that i thought i ought to look and if i just was the shape and the size that i wanted to be that everything would be okay that was the, the delusion that i had from a very young age and right through to my 20s i never thought i was good enough you know and um therefore my way of coping was with substances you know and i look back now and I know that there was absolutely nothing wrong with my size or how I looked, you know, I can see it completely different today. Um, yeah, things got progressively worse and um, my life uh, got very narrow. Um, I did all the things, I did all the geographic things, um, moving from country uh, to country, moving from house to house, you know, um, money was a big problem for me as well. It was another way that I could escape. You know, I was extremely dishonest around money and I got into horrendous difficulty with money. Um, yeah, and um, also my relationships, I blamed everybody. I had a parent who, who wasn't well and um, I felt it was their fault, you know. So from this, the get-go, not only was I this miserable little child, an alien on planet Earth, but I looked around and I just blamed, it was my, my parents at first, it was where I lived, you know. And I can see today that, it see it very differently today. And as I grew up, it was the teachers, it was my friends, you know, then I got married and it was children, it was my husband, it was God, it was everybody's fault. It was the, the state, it was the countries, the country I lived in. I was blaming, blaming everybody, you know, um, and things just got progressively worse. And um, in my early 30s, I ended up being admitted into a psychiatric hospital. Um, and um, that was to be my path for many years where I was um, under a lot of medication. The doctors and psychiatrists and counsellors really tried to help me. But it also was the first time where I came into contact with a 12-step program um, through the psychiatric hospital. And there they diagnosed me. They said that I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. Um, and that was in 1998. Um, and I went to AA for a while. And uh, then I found fault with AA and I found fault with AA members. And I had many justifiable reasons why to leave and I did and I left for 13 years and um, things became horrific for um, for everybody around me for my children primarily and for my husband um, it was pretty grim um, and I was just full of anger and suicidal and I had no solution and um, it was in 2012 um, I just discovered that there was a treatment center that dealt with food addiction. And that was the first time that I ever realized that food as a substance could be as lethal as heroin to a, her a drug addict or alcohol to an alcoholic. Um, and I sought help again and I ended up back in that treatment center. Um, and from there, I ended up going back to the fellowships and I was in many fellowships. But in some of those fellowships, I happened to hear 
AEA members. And that was my first contact with them. And that is where I was first introduced to AEA. And I know today that um, AEA absolutely has saved my life. Um, I could not find the solution in any other fellowship. And what was different with AEA for me was the fact that I had to let go and surrender all substances and behaviours from the beginning just to be physically sober and then to get a sponsor to humble myself to ask for help and for me that was in the form of a sponsor and to work through the 12 steps of the program and um, it took another four years of being back and forth um, in the fellowship before I became willing and um, I was looking at um, a program on Netflix there a few days ago called The Sinner and there was um, it's amazing how my story gets disclosed in many different formats but there was a scene where the two girls were in prison and um, really it just tells my story in a couple of sentences and one of the girls was asking the other for some help and she said to her friend she said that is between you and the big man and the big man she was referring to was God and the other person responded by saying well I was brought up in a religion in a faith and it brought nothing but more pain and more pain and the other one responded by saying to her well you were you were talking to the wrong God and I really really just got that you know and she went on to say how she woke up every morning with a needle in her arm and that she had lost the ability to care for anybody um, and that she had no solution and she said when she finally when finally everything was gone from her that was when she heard God speak or whisper in her ear that's how she explained it she said she then had to stop beating up on herself confess her sins and surrender and that is my story every morning at the end of my eating I got up and I had to I was compelled to that day another day of eating from one end of the day to another just to sustain myself just to keep breathing at the expense of my loved ones my children and my husband who loved me dearly nobody else cared I was I didn't care sorry I didn't care about anybody else I was completely selfish and self-centered to the core and I had no way out of this darkness you know um so I'm very very grateful today because my recovery was like that girls you know was finding members of AEA asking somebody to help me sorry that's my timer gone off asking for help just being willing and when I had lost everything and I absolutely did lose everything um, then I was beaten I was bludgeoned and beaten into humility and today I choose humility as a way of life and I'll leave it there thank you